Hello and welcome to episode three of the Heron Financial Podcast. My name is Matt. Um, you're probably sick of the sound of my voice by now. Um, and you'll be relieved to know that this week I'm going to be joined by mortgage expert Aidan Broom. Uh, Aidan's one of the advisors here at Heron. I'm going to allow him to tell you a little bit about himself. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing schemes, help to buy, shared ownership, discount market, mortgage guarantee. What do they mean? Who do they work for? And are they a good thing? So, Aidan, welcome. Hello. Tell us a little bit about yourself, please. So, been at Heron just over a year now and advising pretty much dead on a year, to be fair. I think it started last March. You know, started advising and the pandemic hit. So, that was that was interesting. Prior to that, worked at a different broker for just over two years, very much on the qualification side of things. So, gave me great knowledge of how the mortgage process works income wise what to look out for what makes people affordable and just generally the whole industry as a whole how to deal with um, different types of clients how to deal with introducers and prior to that worked in Halifax for a few years as well so been in financial services as well got a good idea of general layout of just how it works in general as well but obviously specialized in the mortgage side so I'm um, really enjoying what I'm doing at Heron especially and just seeing where we can go. So would you say that in your time, particularly whilst with Heron and in your previous role, you've you've been exposed to a lot of these government schemes, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've mainly do new builds. You know, so it's what I specialise in, especially scheme-wise. You know, it's, it's the bread and butter of what a lot of people are using to purchase. And it's 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 got its drawbacks it's got its incentives on it but it's there's a lot out there to look out for in them as well and and in your time doing this would you say that this is a is this i mean is it straightforward it seems quite confusing there's there's a lot out there isn't there there is a lot out there so there's a few bits to look out for in various schemes that we look at what makes what's going to make it affordable what look what to look out for in the future as well as on the initial purchase as well so it's definitely worth having a chat with a professional to make sure that you're getting the best advice you know exactly what you're setting yourself up for and know you know what you can expect in the near and far future so let's take the, the main schemes one at a time i think probably the best starting point for this for anybody that's listening to this i i guess they've probably got an interest in buying with a scheme or maybe they've done a bit of research themselves um, if we run through the main schemes and, and just outline what they are how they work um, and then we'll get into a little bit of detail on them and just see uh, I, I'm really I'm more interested in getting your opinion to be honest in in terms of what you like about specific schemes but we'll, we'll start with um, we'll start with an outline of, of, of what they are so let's kick off with help to buy it's probably the most well known could you just give a, an overview of help to buy and, and how it works yeah, so help to buy quite a common scheme nowadays. You know, it's been it's had a few iterations over the years, so there's been a few different ways help to buy has been done. Currently, the way it works, quite standard in a roundabout way, is outside London, you get up to twenty percent equity loan from the government. The scheme is only for new build properties. At the moment, as well, there has been a price cap brought in for the new scheme starting. Scheme starts first of April. And there's various price caps around the country for that based on local market prices estimated for next year. I believe they're working up to 150% of estimated sale prices. So people can can go online and check out 
the price caps in their region, right? They can see what they can buy for using help to buy. That's right, yeah. So different areas of the country have different price caps set. So you'll be able to get a help to buy map set up for that. It's help to buy buyer's guide as well, which is really handy. Great. So it works out where you're buying, what the maximum price will be. And obviously you can have a chat with local developers as well. They'll be aware of what their maximum price is. They'll know what realistically you can go to just in the scheme side. And then obviously we can discuss on the actual affordability side how that more looks and we can narrow that down. So... I'm a first-time buyer. I want to use help to buy. I've got my 5%. You mentioned 20%. It's different in London, right? Correct, yes. So in London, up to 40% of the property value. London has very much kept their price cap at 600000 as well. Okay. So London's scheme hasn't really changed much. The main difference being it's first-time buyers only. Fine. So so how, just, just work that split through for me. So I've got my 5%. Let's assume it is London for now. Um, government gives me 40%. The rest is a mortgage? The rest in a roundabout way, perfect scenario is going to be a mortgage. Okay. So I say perfect scenario because a lot of the way the help to buy scheme is marketed isn't ideal at times. And my main bugbear that I've come up with a lot of clients and I understand their frustration is everywhere you look on help to buy, it's 5% deposit, 20 or 40% help to buy, 55 or 75% mortgage, which in the ideal world would be great. But unfortunately, not everyone's going to be affordable. Okay. So there are those people that need a high deposit or having to work out um, if they're going to have to go ahead later on, if they're going to have to save up more mm. or if it's just not going to be doable for what they're looking at. And that's the thing where speaking to someone, you can really work that out because looking at the scheme online is all bells and whistles and it will do everything you need it to do. There's a more, lot more nitty gritty to it and it's quite a strict scheme. So presuming I qualify and I can do it and we'll talk a little bit about qualification as well. Um, I'm going to get my 55% mortgage if I'm in London or 75% if it's outside. I've got a mortgage payment. What about the help to buy loan? Do I pay for that? So help to buy loan, you don't necessarily pay the actual capital on the loan. So first five years, you've got a £1 a month admin fee, which is in help to buy's words, help to buy's way of keeping your account details ready for the interest fee in year six. Okay. From year six, you'll start paying interest of 1.75% of the help to buy amount you initially borrowed. So where help to buy is quite difficult is you can't just pay it off as overpayments like you can on a mortgage. You've got to more think about how you're going to pay the help to buy off, whether that be selling the property, paying it out of the proceeds, raising money at a point of remortgaging, saving a large amount to deposit up. The main thing you've got to remember on help to buy is the minimum you can payment you can make at any one point in time is 10% of the market value of the property. Okay. So when I say market value, you're taking out an equity loan. So the government has a 40% stake. Property value goes up, their stake increases. Property value goes down, they will take that hit with you as well. The only thing on a property value going down, we've got to bear in mind, is it's not based on you selling at a cheaper price just to get a quick sale. It's based on the market value of the property. So they'll carry out their own valuation at that point? There will be an independent valuation at the point of sale by help to buy, separate from any lender valuation, separate from any valuation you decide to do as well. So that's something that help to buy will instruct and carry out. They will go by what that valuation is and they value it on a bricks and mortar basis. Okay, fine. So, so that's help to buy. Um, shared ownership. Is shared ownership complicated? It's. I wouldn't say it's too complicated. It's not too different from help to buy. The main thing you've got to bear in mind is shared ownership. From day one, it can be quite an expensive scheme. So on help to buy, you've got that five-year gap where you don't pay any interest and you've got a grace period where you can work out what you want to do in terms of paying back the help to buy loan. Sure. 
on the shared ownership side, let's say theoretically you buy 50% share of a property and you rent the other 50%, you pay rent from day one on the other 50%. And that doesn't go to anything. So you can see it as the same as an interest-only mortgage payment. It doesn't pay anything off. It's got, you're not going to see it accrue at any point in time. And it will probably raise each year. Usually there is some sort of increment. So if I'm, if I'm renting right now and I'm looking at shared ownership, it's kind of halfway between renting and buying. Is that is that right? It very much is the really first step on the market. Ideally, if you can do help to buy, it's going to be a cheaper option for you. If shared ownership needs to be done, it works as a scheme. What's handy about shared ownership is you can buy a lower share and you can really work your way up that and go for a really small deposit. Okay. So it does have its benefits that side. You can also staircase on shared ownership, which is when you buy more of the property that you don't own. Yeah. So there are some limitations on that as well, but that is something that can be done to reduce the rental, increase your ownership and increase your equity in the property. So big difference between shared ownership and help to buy is you can buy um, a smaller amount. Is that is that true or is that different? That's that's a roundabout way of putting it. And that's one of the main differences on the scheme is it doesn't have to be new build as well. So it can be secondhand. Okay. So you've got a bit more variety in the property. There's no price cap as well. So shared ownership theoretically can go to any price. Obviously, the rent does get a bit ridiculous, but you can. Mm. The main thing to bear in mind is there is an income cap, which helped by doesn't have. Okay. So inside London, the household income, not your income, the household is 90,000. Yeah. Outsize 80,000. So if I'm um, if I'm looking at this now objectively, we we've talked about help to buy. We've, we we talked just a little bit about shared ownership. There is is shared ownership right for me if I'm perhaps in that sort of lower income bracket for now. I'm I'm not earning as much as I will be in say four or five years time. Should I be looking at shared ownership if I can do anything? If you can do anything, shared ownership is going to be the ideal option to go ahead as of right now. The downside on the help to buy scheme is, as I said, it's got a strict affordability. Also at the moment, help to buy has got an end date. Yep. Shared ownership as a scheme, it doesn't necessarily run an end date. It's just a separate scheme that's just always ongoing. Yep. So you've got more flexibility of going ahead now instead of trying to save up where you're against the clock as well. Because obviously if things don't happen, mm. then you can't do help to buy. You're going to have to do shared ownership anyway. I think what's what's been quite interesting is, is a lot of stuff that's come out from Homes England who are responsible for running a lot of these schemes is that they see shared ownership I think is an area that that maybe people could make more of um, I think over the years certainly in my experience I'm, I'd be keen to get your your take shared ownership's been not as popular perhaps as it could have been and, and I don't think publicity around it has been as widespread as, as helped to buy have you, have you found that as well yeah shared ownership is very underutilized on the housing market and there is quite a negative connotation of shared ownership as well and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that a lot of people work on the basis if you're buying a share of the property and you don't own a lot of the property then you've got a lot of outgoings that aren't necessarily paying off anything and just redeeming your small mortgage but I think on the shared ownership side you've got to very much look at the bigger picture on what you're able to achieve two three four years after purchasing in terms of being able to get a bigger share, being able to increase equity in the property. And also, you've got the ability to actually get on the housing market still. You're going to create equity in your property. It's just going to put you in a better situation. Okay. Um, and let's talk about, um, I'm going to come to you and ask you a lot of questions about the mortgage guarantee scheme. As we record this, it hasn't formally been launched. Um, so I will put you on the spot in a minute and ask you to get your crystal ball out. Uh, but before we do that, um, 
discount market sale, that's something that you see in certain local authorities. It's a bit more niche than help to buy and shared ownership, but could you give us a bit of an overview about a discount market sale? Yeah, so discount market sale, it's it's few and far between at the moment. There's, it's more local authorities that will do it here and there, and they won't necessarily advertise it, because a lot of the time, the main impact of it, it's for people working, living and working in the area that it's being marketed for. A lot of the times, it can be based on people working in certain professions as well, like key workers. Okay. The main points of the scheme are the local council will put a discount on the property, whether it be 20 30% of the market value. Yeah, the discount price is what you buy the property price at. Yeah. So if the property is at five hundred thousand and it's got twenty percent discount, you're buying it at four hundred thousand. Okay. If you sell that property any time in the future, usually you've got a preemption fit period of about up to five years. Fine. Then you will get the council will have first rights on that sale. Yeah. So they'll be able to buy the property off you. Yeah. If they don't, you can sell it on the open market. And then the council will take their 20% off that sale as well. Okay. So it's similar to help to buy on the equity side, but the actual price is done just as if the discount's already been taken effect. Yeah. So you're buying a lower price. Lender-wise, especially on new builds, you are quite a bit more restricted. Yeah. The main reason being the almost second charge the council has over the property the way they do it and the rights they've got to it lenders aren't too keen so that's that's almost like another another mortgage right the council holds that charge against the property from a legal standpoint so you've got uh, at land registry you've got your mortgage registered there and then another charge to the council and that's what the lenders don't like yeah and the issue of it as well is you can't choose to pay off unless you sell the property it's just there okay Fine. Um, right, crystal ball time. Government mortgage guarantee, 95%. Um, what do we know at this stage? So what we know at this stage is property value up to 600000 houses and apartments. Yeah. What hasn't been 100% clarified is if it's going to be new builds. Obviously, that's, that's the hope, but... I think the expectation is that we, we're going to see more of this on existing properties, right? That, yeah. That, that seems to be the way lenders are heading, is that... They, they see help to buy and shared ownership as a primarily new build proposition and, and the new scheme would be more for existing properties, I think. It, yeah, it does seem to have that connotation. Obviously, a lot of people are asking at the moment on the new build side because new build, high loan to value lending is difficult. Mm. But from a lender point of view, it's high risk and it was always high risk even pre-pandemic. Yeah. So it's more than likely it is going to be mainly based, as you say, on the existing property secondhand market realistically on the income side as well we don't really expect to see lenders bringing out new calculators for this exact scheme and there's no government calculator for it so as an estimate you'd expect the mortgage to be a maximum four and a half times income you know lenders at that high loan to value aren't going to go above that based on a risk assessment basis okay so it gives you a rough idea what you can work out at the moment just based on standard income what you'd expect to be able to get to so on the higher 550 600 prices you are going to need a good level of income to be able to get to that price and and i think it's worth saying at this stage that we had a very similar scheme to this one uh, a few years back that was that was quite popular um confusingly called help to buy as well um at the same time as another scheme that was also called help to buy that that was it worked in a similar way it was a 95 percent mortgage and and that stuck around for a couple of years um, I think the indication is that this will be similar. It's time limited as well um, as help to buy is. So in my opinion, I think it's it's something that's a good thing. It, it will potentially be something that stimulates 
um, the existing property market as opposed to the new build market, which has already had quite a lot of support there. Um, but just a positive, right, to see another scheme out there for people to look at and people to use. Yeah, definitely. And I think a big positive on this scheme as well is there's no there's no government um, charges on the property. There's no connotation when you sell the property. The government are very much backing up the lender, where on a high loan to values, the lender has to have a certain amount in reserves what when they're lending out these mortgages. So the government's backing them up instead on this side. So for the borrower, you're not having to think two, three years later, I've got to pay this loan back. There isn't a loan. You've just got a standard 95% mortgage. Rate will be higher. Yeah, monthly payments will take a hit on that as well, but you've got a capital repayment mortgage, so you've got no worries later on down the line. So you are, it is just a standard property purchase. It's more the governments are helping lenders, which then means lenders can help buyers. And 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 so I guess if I was looking to summarise that one, if I'm if I want to stand on my own two feet and, and I don't want to have any local authority or, or government involvement in my property from the point that I purchased it, this is the one, right? As long as you're prepared that the payments will be higher initially and you'll be paying more interest, overall you'd expect it to be cost-saving because you've got no extra costs. Got it. You've got no extra money to pay back if the property value goes up. So in a long term, you'd definitely expect it to be more cost-effective and just a better solution. Okay. So um, we've mentioned calculators. I want to talk about calculators, um, which we'll come on to in a second. But before we do... Do all lenders support all of these schemes? How does that work? Is Does every bank have to? Does every bank want to? What's the situation with lenders and supporting schemes? So lenders very much pick and choose what they do and don't decide to do. Majority of high street lenders will always do the main schemes because they always work on a competitive basis of making sure they're keeping up the current market trends. There are as always, some restrictions to that rule. Main one being HSBC, for example, don't do help to buy. NatWest don't do shared ownership. So there's always ones that aren't going to do it, so they don't have to do it. Mm. But majority of high street lenders, you're always going to have options out there. You're never going to be restricted unless your personal situation makes it that way. If you're quite a standard purchaser with quite a standard income, then you expect to have abundance of choices available to yourself. And and more lender options on help to buy than any of the others? Putting you on the spot now. Yes, on the help to buy sides, probably similar, probably time with shared ownership, to be fair. A lot of building societies do okay. shared ownership as well. Okay. So you get a lot more on that side. A lot of smaller building societies who did pull out for a while, pre um, sorry, mid-pandemic. But you're probably there or thereabouts the same in terms of the offering. Okay. And and calculators then. So So could you just... Explain to us, when you've referenced calculators, first on the lender side, um, how does that work roughly? Um, I'm not asking you to go to too much technical detail because people will just instantly turn this off. Um, but then also on the on the scheme side, some of the schemes have their own calculator. Yeah, so on the lender side, first of all, so lenders are always going to have their own separate calculator because they've got their own separate lending multiples and um, lending rules and what they will or won't take income-wise. Percentage of income they'll take as well. So this is where it can vary. Some lenders will take 50% of variable income. Some lenders will take more, some will take less. So they've got these built in place to make sure that the mortgage you're looking at for them and is bespoke for them is going to be affordable on the basis that you're looking at as well. Okay. So it's always worth making sure that that's been done correctly and that's going to be affordable for them. Okay. And and the the scheme calculators help to buy shared ownership? How does that work? On the scheme side, so the help to buy one, which I referenced earlier, that's quite a strict calculator considering that they're 
a lender's actually doing the mortgage. They dictate the mortgage that can be borrowed. They dictate what they believe your monthly payments are going to be based on what an estimated in- interest rate is going to be as well. So, so if I'm if I'm interested in in either help to buy or shared ownership, I've got to pass an affordability calculator with the lender and with the scheme. That's correct, and it's always best to do the scheme first. I've had it many times before. Clients go to a lender, will get work out what they can lend maximum, and then decide on the help to buy side. They but they add either twenty percent or forty percent on top, and then they add their deposit, and that's the price they get to. If that it was that nice. simple, no, many more people could use help to buy, but unfortunately, that's not the case. So it's always best to have a chat with a broker to get the calculator done first, work out what price you're restricted to. Hopefully, you can get to the price you're looking at. If not, see what we can do to get to that price and then work out what lender is going to back it up. Realistically, especially on the help to buy side, very rare that a lender isn't able to lend the amount of help to buy allowing. Mm. The main differences you'll find is help to buy, for example, on the calculator doesn't ask how many children you've got. So that can affect lenders. And it doesn't ask for any um, actual maintenance outgoing. Other than that, there's not real differences and lenders are just more lenient. Okay, so um, you you talked about talking to a broker. If I want to look at these schemes, should I talk to a broker first? Should I go online and look at different schemes and development? Where where do I start? What, What would be the ideal route forward? So the best way to do this is always going to be have a chat with a broker first, work out based on different schemes you're looking at what's going to be affordable price. If you're a bit in between, then different calculations can be run based on shared ownership, different percentages, based on help to buy inside London, outside London, just whatever suits you. The main reason being once you've got that available, you can then go look at properties within your price range to work out what's suitable for you. The the downside of doing it the other way is falling in love with a property that finds out, unfortunately, it's not affordable for yourself. Does that happen? That happens more than you'd think. Right. So that still happens a lot. That must be horrible. That's have it's to never tell nice. somebody that they can't do it. Yeah, it's never a nice conversation to have with a client, especially, you know, they've in their head, they've already moved into the property. They know exactly how they're going to decorate it. They've gone, a developer's showed them round. So always speak to a broker first, even if you're in the very early stages, even if you're quite confident what you can get to, just just confirm that, just get that, just get that in writing from them, just know exactly how that looks so that then you can go with confidence. And, and, and if... If I haven't, if I'm listening to this after I've already started and I have fallen in love, um, I'm probably being asked to be qualified by by the builder or the developer of the scheme or the local authority, if that is the case. What does that mean? So qualification process is quite standard and more and more um, companies are doing it nowadays, especially in mid and and post-pandemic because of the restrictions in place about getting viewings in. They want to make sure people are qualified first. So usually it's always been new build properties. You'll get qualified, which is basically going through 15 to 20 minute assessment on the phone, just based on income and outgoings discussed, calculators run that I've mentioned, so that the price can be worked out, which is going to be affordable for yourself. And and you would do that? Correct, yes. Yeah, so it'd be myself doing that if you got in touch with us or one of my broker colleagues. The main reason for this being done is to make sure property you're looking at is affordable so you're not wasting your time not wasting anyone else's time and if it's going to be something you can go ahead with the seller is aware whether it be builder or estate agent is aware it's going to be affordable for yourself okay well i think that's been mega helpful in terms of breaking down some of these schemes because it is complicated and i I think fundamentally of course we're biased right we 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 put a podcast out there to hopefully encourage um, some people to get in touch with us and, and talk to us about their options but we did want to 
give an overview of what's possible. But I think talk to a broker, any broker who's good and has got experience across different schemes. You know, Aiden's a perfect example, which is why I wanted to drag you on here today. Um, because you've got such experience across a range of schemes. But you, you need to be talking to a broker in the first instance, um, getting that advice as to what you can afford on shared ownership, how to buy, discount market sale, the new mortgage guarantee scheme, and just get an, a, a view of what's possible. Um, before we let everybody disappear, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you, have you got a favourite? So... Favourite for me probably would be the help to buy side. Okay. Mainly for the flexibility you've got with help to buy on the lender side as well. With help to buy the, even though this calculation can be strict, they're all strict unfortunately. And on shared ownership, the downside of shared ownership initially, if a lot of people are looking to do 5% deposit, because you've got a 95% mortgage on your share, a lot of lenders don't back that up at the moment. Where on the help to buy side, all lenders will do it even if it's a 5% deposit because they treat it as a either a 75 or 55% mortgage. So you've got more flexibility on that side, which gives more options to the client. Okay, so you like help to buy, um, but they will work for somebody. Yeah, there's always going to be something that makes a scheme to make something affordable for someone, such as working out what the best one's going to be. Perfect. Well, I think... Um that probably wraps this up for now. What we potentially can do, depending on, on people's interest, and I suspect interest will be high, is I'd love to get you back and do a couple of future episodes where we might want to go into the real nitty-gritty of Help to Buy, for example. We talk about the calculator. We can talk about some of the restrictions and, and go into some real depth on that. Um, if you'd be up for it, um, obviously, if anybody listening would particularly like to hear that, then please just get in touch with us by the by the usual channels. Um, we hope you enjoyed everything today. Thank you, Aidan. Yeah, thank you. And we look forward to hearing from you on the next episode. <laughs>